Hi there, and welcome back to the Frothcast, a podcast about... Yeah, you guys take checks? Only cash. I'm your host, Hendo, and this is episode 27. This episode features a post-comp wrap of the Mio Pro Portugal with the Survival League Lords, fantasy updates, a new ender section, and much more. Let's get it! This episode is brought to you by Donnie's Dick Dragging Dungeon. Gunther, I can't read this. Not in this climate, dude. What kind of ad copy is this? Where are you getting these ads? Just, just go to liquidiv.com, type in hendo underscore B for 30% off. All right, thanks. Aloha and wasabi, my friends. Um, yeah, so pardon the delay here. I know it's been about three weeks since I posted, but I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'll go off the cuff right here. I went out to Portugal with every intention of making you guys a podcast. However, the internet was not really sufficient to do Zoom sauce with the survival lords. And unfortunately, I got a little bit sick. Uh, Not COVID sauce, but I was laid out sweating my balls off. Anyway, here we are. We're going to wrap Portugal. I hope you all did better than me in fantasy. And we're going to have a chat with Taylor and Chad from Survival League. And we're just going to have a good time. Let it rip. It's a good conversation, and I appreciate you tuning in. If you are new here, go give us a little review on iTunes or check out the Instagram. And you know what? Sit back, relax, have a brewski, and have a good time. Let's fucking do this. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, dogs. I think we're recording. I hope we are. Shit. Frothers, frothettes, and sloth trogs, welcome back to the Frothcast. As I previously just mentioned to you guys, I would firstly like to apologize for my little radical sabbatical I took as my Ethernet in Portugal wasn't the dankest for a podcast, and unfortunately, I fell a little bit ill, not COVID sauce, but uh, was more crook than a Portuguese man of war making love to an electric fence. Anyhow, I am back and bothered, and today I am joined once again by the fantasy surfing world's finest frothers that ever freaking frothed, none other than Taylor and Chad of the always sunny and classic Survival League. Hello, Taylor. How are you? I'm frothing, Hendo. Frothier than a freaking cappuccino. Thanks for having me on. Alrighty then. How are you doing, Chad Zos? Good, Hendo. Thanks for having me. And I'm just wondering if you still take checks. <laughs> Classic fire me up. Hey, Lords, I got a little treat and a surprise for you guys to start the episode off. But while I was away in Portugal, I came back to a nice little package at my house. And look what we got oh. here. We got a little Frothcast dad hat. This is the Yay. prototype. And uh, I was like, you know what? Let's just fark and throw caution in the wind. Let's get one of these bad boys going. And it's a little bit, the logo's a little big. It's got some tweaking to do. But I'm thinking for you guys, I'm going to hook you two up with some hats yes. for sure. And then maybe the it. winner of this whole fantasy surf shit maybe gets one of these hats. You know, it's not too Why bad. Why not? I That's love great. it. Yeah, I was in here in uh, North Park. This guy was in his car. He farking honked at me and pointed at my head. And I was like... <laughs> Do you know the froth cast? Or are you just, is there a bird on my head or something? What's your deal, bro? <laughs> so, Worldwide. yeah. Yeah, you guys heard it here first. We got dad hats with the froth cast, and uh, they will soon be out there in the world. But uh, you know what, my friends? Talking about Portugal, talking about man of war, talking about hats. Let's get into it. And I want to hear your guys' thoughts about the Portugal event. First, let's look at the numbers and see how we did in the fantasy world. So I don't know about y'all, but I had a farkin shocker. I got 54th out of 69 people in my league. I lost because I didn't listen to our last podcast where I told myself to fucking listen. <laughs> so, dude, Hendonisha, if you're listening again, you blew it. You said Tati and you said Griff on your team. I did not have them on my final team. Did either of you guys? I did Damn. not <laughs> <laughs> because I pulled a Hendonesia, which is actually a Chad. Uh, I did not do so hot either, but uh, I did survive. And Taylor, does this mean, what does this mean that Griff won? 
Is the Cola Pinto curse lifted? I don't know. Oh. I'm looking at my I'm looking at my fantasy team right here, and I actually forgot to press save on it. So you know I'm a survival purist at heart. I'm <laughs> not gonna win the Frothcast fam fantasy league, and that's just okay. But we still got hats. Yeah, we you got some hats coming your way. You guys are winners in my book, and you said it here first. I think the Cola Pinto curse is freaking lifted, guys. <laughs> I the guy so. winning California curse is also lifted. We haven't seen a winner since yes. Bobby Martinez at Chopu in 2009. Was it? Yeah. California's back, baby. California. Wow. Am I, I right? Love it. It's crazy, but <laughs> the media goes completely nuts. So right when Griffin wins and every headlines, like the new, uh, California world champion, hopeful Griffin Colapinto. Let's oh. relax a little bit. I mean, I'm happy for the guy, but he's <laughs> got to do a little bit more than that. It's like a game of Thrones episode. Like every new event is farking with my head where it's like, this person takes the throne, Joffrey, Khaleesi and dragons. And I'm like, dude, we're still not even at this midway cut. It's too early to be making these predictions. Right. He did surf. Well, though, he went toe to toe with Felipe in the air in kind of like perfect Felipe conditions. That was impressive. I mean, if you look at the uh, surfers that were left from, you know, round of 16 on, all big names. He called it out in one of his post-heat interviews. He was hyping himself up a little bit, which was cool. I'm super stoked for him. Happy for California. Uh, Good showing. Good showing by California on all fronts. Indeed. Congrats to San Clemente and uh, to uh, Griff Dog. Taylor, what's up? That's really my my takeaway from Portugal is that the cream rise to the top on both sides. It was in the quarters, at least, Italo, Felipe, John John, uh, Cola Pinto. And in the semis, it was Stephanie, Lakey, and Carissa and Tati. So those are like just some eight heavy hitters. And he had no easy road to the finals. He Went up against Nat Young and Kolohe in the uh, opening round. Griffin versus Jiao in uh, round of 32. Chupinho! Round of 16, Griffin versus the Slate Dog. And in the quarters, a Kolohe again. Mm. And then he, I mean, he came up against John John in the semis. And then in the final, it was him versus Felipe. And it's like, that's just the murderer's row. You know, like, yeah, that's a well-deserved win. He done good. He done real good. He went through that murderer's row. And what did he have for his last meal? Cappuccino, pastel de nada, brigado, freaking Portugal. Griefing Calapinto is your meal pro Portugal champion. And speaking of champions, in my league called the uh, Frothcast Fam, check it out on the World Surf League thing. Join if you have not already. I fucking got 54th, but we had a champion in Mr. or Mrs. or Mate or Mert at Dear Mum. Congrats to you, good sir, good ma'am. Unfortunately, this particular event doesn't come with any prizes as I kind of blew my festy load on the first two events, but you are still a freaking legend nonetheless, mate. Also, shout out to my brother at a buyer01 who placed second in Portugal and has a freaking birthday today by the time this podcast comes out happy birthday i love you brother you are the reason i am here potting today uh so we had a shift in the frothcast fam leaderboard here is your new top five at number one we got woodsy who is 37th in the world wow real talent in this league number two at yeah rube the lord from sunset number three at tourney number four made i rents I can't pronounce that one always. And number five, Green Room Times, maybe one of the best surf meme accounts out there. You know, they have come and gone and they have supported this podcast many of times. Green Room Times, we love what you do. You make us laugh. There are so rare surf comedy account memes out there that uh, they stand out out of the phrase. So thank you all for playing. We're still going to talk about like prizes at the end of the year but i think what are these hats for the frothcast fam winner i think that's going to be pretty pretty cool it's a must buy of 2022 Definitely. a yeah. must buy a must have it's on all the sites you're gonna love the sites you're gonna love the way you look <laughs> yeah maybe i'll make some shirts or some crop tops or some shit but uh that is your wsl fantasy surf 
And moving over to Mr. Taylor, how was survival league with Portugal? Was there a culling or was there a lulling? There was kind of a peaceful, easy feeling over in uh, survival land for Portugal. Uh, if you don't know what survival league is, you pick one surfer to advance past the round of 32. If they advance, you advance. If they don't, you don't, and you're out for the season and you can only pick one server twice. So top three picks for Portugal were Canoa with 40, basically 44% of the, uh, remaining league. Italo was 39% and then a big drop off Felipe at 6%. All of those survived. Uh, there wasn't that much that, I mean, they survived pretty easily. And then the next couple were Jordy Smith, Colohe. It, they both survived all the way down to Cayo and Leonardo Fioravanti. Those were the two that got knocked out. And it was only 4% that picked Abelli, Fioravanti, Jack Robinson, Seth Moniz, Ethan Ewing. So compare that to pipeline and compare that to sunset where both uh we lost 28 percent of the league on both of those it was an easy uh peaceful feeling as i said before i think we were due for some smooth sailing to be honest yeah yeah It'll give us a break. break those were yeah. some rough waters those first two contests but Oof. i mean if you want to get into it we can get into it yeah my pants are still soiled <laughs> you know when you know at a apocalypto when they're marching all the people up to the top of the pyramid for the uh the sacrifice and then the eclipse happened and they stopped sacrificing the bodies. Mm. Yeah, it's that Portugal was the eclipse. Yeah. Then that peaceful moment before the bloodbath. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm scared of bells. I'm scared. <laughs> but uh to your er earlier point, you were correct. I mean, the cream rise to the top in this event and we saw some of the ledge dogs just make it to the quarters and onward and I think some of the shockers were with the people who had performed very well in the first two events, but we're going to talk about Meltdown Island a little bit later, but we, I saw a really, really good Meltdown Island. We're going to talk about that, but first, Chad, you picked Kanoa for Survival League. Are you stoked that you went with Mr. Igarashi? You mean the free one? Kanoa in Hawaiian means the free one, or in Japanese, it means sky of 50 storms? Yes, I am very <laughs> fucking happy that I picked him. The mm. guy's a legend. He's the chosen one. Yeah, he might be. Uh, he's the free one, free to do as he pleases. He's world number one right now. He's got he's got the yellow jersey going into bells. I'm mm. stoked. I'm happy. Happy as a clam. Uh, what did he end up with? Let, let's see here. He ended up with a. He lost. He got a fifth place. So he's had two fifth places, one second place. Canoa was my guy. We survived. That's all that matters. Survive in advance. That's your guy, pal. And uh, I am stoked with my guy. I went with Idolo Ferreira, made it to the semis, lost out to Felipe Toledo. But I was kind of surprised with Idolo lately. He's His post-heat interviews, he just seems so exhausted and tired. We're not getting that froth that he exhibits on his social media where he's you know, doing the push-ups and the, all the getting punched in the stomach and all that shit. He seemed very muy tranquilo. And I'm like, Idolo, dog. What's up? You need a Red Bull? You need a coffee? You need a little sneak, a little butler? What's going on there, dude? Like, even though he was surfing so electric, his post-seed interviews, he seemed like something might be going on. Even though he's like dating this supermodel DJ Mert. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Maybe she's tranquilo. I don't know. Maybe he's just he's just chilling. Maybe he's going to make his run later in the year. I feel like he's got some so a lot left in the tank. I don't know. He Felipe got his revenge. Hasn't Italo won the last couple head-to-head -head matchups they've had? So Felipe got a little bit of revenge there. But I mean, it could have gone either way, that heat, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like he had one of those backside reverses and Felipe was super electric with those snaps. But, uh, you know, good on us. We won those events. We survived. Thank you, Survival Gods. We've still got till April 9th to make our picks for Bell's Beach. And we'll reveal those in the next episode on April 7th leading up to that event. But do you have any inkling, Mr. Chad Sauce? Of, uh, so who have you picked so far? So who's off limits for let's you? Let's see. I picked Slate Dog for Pipe. Slate Dog for Pipe. Sunset, I went with Zeke Dog. We both had Zeke Dog, Mirror Man, Mr. Mirror yeah. Man, Echo Mr. Dog. Mr. Echo Dog, Mr. Mirror Man. And then <laughs> Portugal, I had Italo. Okay. Okay. And so you picked John at Ooh. somewhere, right? At Pipe? John. So John's at Pipe. 
So yeah. that's done for me. We did Mr. Echo Dog, Mirror Man, <laughs> Zeke Lau, our guy for yeah. Sunset. And mm-hmm. now Kanoa is off my plate. So he and I've survived with him. You survived with Italo. So we've we have taken off some big names. I don't know where I'll be able to use Slater, just because. I mean, we'll get into it down the road. I'm sure, but yeah, I think you were smart for using him at Pipe. Um, I'm not sure if it was smart for me to use John John at Pipe. I like Zeke at Sunset. I'm fine with that, and I like Kanoa at Portugal, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. What do you, Tabo, what do you think about that? Well, I'm out. John, John, uh, got me (laughs) at sunset. So, uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people, uh, part of my French blew their load with, uh, Italo, uh, at Portugal, Mm -hmm. um, and even Kanoa. So maybe people are hoping that Medina comes back, but, uh, especially with this mid mid year cut and, uh, the top dog is getting, using John John early using Slater. I don't know who you're going to pick. Did we have a kind of like come back down to earth contest for like the Baron Mamias of the world uh, who just kind of had a great Hawaiian leg. What did he get? 17th? Did he kind of like, I mean, he was looking so good mm-hmm. and then he kind of come, came back down to earth a little bit. I wonder how his, uh, the rest of his season will go as they travel and it starts to develop. But what do you guys think of that? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's up to the tours and commissions. If they continue to give him a wild card, I don't know. Oh, that's right. Works. He might not even be there. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he's already qualified if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I'm not like totally sure on that, but like, imagine if he did, I would imagine they would continue to give him a wild card. I don't know how that whole thing works, but he certainly had, a shocker. Um, he was on the lineup prior to that event and he was so fired up and he's like talking about how his manager said, Hey, you could really go for a really good run here. Just like ride this wave. And it must've felt pretty debilitating to not have done well in Portugal. Cause by all means he was looking great on paper. Yeah. And I, I think that Mamiya is a rising star and I did a little analysis on the, uh, last 10 or so years of champions and when they really came on tour and and what they did and Mamiya is sitting number two right now. I know Mm -hmm. he's not a full-time tour contestant, but for example, Joel Parkinson, his second year, he got second place Slater, his second year, he got first place Mick Fanning first year. He got fifth, second year, fourth, third and fourth year. He got third Mm. and then he won it in his, his fifth year. Gabriel Medina had kind of a slower start. He had his first year, he was 12th and then seventh and 14th. And then he won it his fourth year. Mm. John, John, his first year, he got fourth place. Uh, so kind of a hot start. Second year, 10th, third year, third. Italo kind of bucked the trend and had a slower start. He had seventh, 15th, 22nd. And then in his fourth year, he got fourth and then finally won it in his fifth. Uh, first. So I'm like wondering who is the rising stars? Cause right now I don't really see it like Sibilic in his second year got fifth. So maybe him a huge fall off this year. Yeah. Huge fall off this year. And Cola Pinto's gotten 18th, 16th, 15th. And now we're starting to show six and seventh, but like, who's, who's the new guys is there right now with so many people have left the tour in the last four years. Like who's going to be that superstar well i mean i don't see a superstar per se at this point but i mean jake marshall yeah he's i mean he's surfing strong he he had a ninth and what he got he was injured right yeah let's hope he comes back he dislocated he already had a shoulder issue and there's a he got a left barrel in portugal and you can see him pulling in backside as he's pulling in his full arm gets caught inside of the wave and throws his shoulder out once again right and he's ranked 12th right now. So, like, he'll most likely make the cut. You texted us during the contest when Jake was in the water. I forget against who, but you were just like, he's a gamer. And that's what yeah, it feels like with him, for sure. And I think Mamiya is a gamer. What about Pupo? Sammy? No. He he went down mm. to his little his older brother that that yeah. round, that, that contest. That was cool. Hendo, what do you think? You think there's a superstar, like, uh, in the either rookie class or second or third year? 
It's really too early to say, but I really thought Joao Chianca, I mean, at pipe, he really wowed me and then he got two 17ths. I think that's why he is my candidate for Meltdown Island. He was Ooh. surfing really well in round of 32 against Connor and he just couldn't get the score and his emotions got the better of him. So welcome everybody to Meltdown Island, Mr. Joao Chianca. Disculpa, my friend. I am sorry, but he freaking took his elbow spaghetti noodle sauce straight into his board and went crack, crack, crack. And rightfully so, he had a fantastic start to the year. Um, wow, getting some crazy barrels at pipe, finishing not so well at sunset, and then having a bit of a shocker to Connor in round of 32. I think it was like heat seven, I believe, and just barely not getting the nod. I think he lost by a point. So I had high hopes for him. I really like the way that he surfs. He surfs, he like surfs very twitchy. Um, he charges super crazy barrels. He's got an air game, his rail game. These next two events are going to be crucial for these rising stars or these rookies to really wow the rest of the field. Once you make that cutoff, you're free to enjoy yourself. You've all like qualified for the following year. You're just going to G-Land, having a couple bintangs and chilling with the monkeys and tigers. Yeah, it's important. I don't really know if there's a rising star or not. It's hard to say right now if there's going to be a next John or next Kelly. It's hard because everyone's always looking for that. I I don't know. There's so much good talent this year. It's really hard to say. They call Jal. I think there's a, there's rumblings of him being the Brazilian Bruce Irons. Mm. Both ride for Volcom. Both got uh, that kind of same erratic style but still under control i think it's a little early for that i don't know if he's the bruce irons but he's he's also a gamer for sure did he uh did he give the people's elbow to his board after he lost to to condog oh yeah yeah it was exciting got me out of my seat and i was like yeah that's the adrenaline i need in the nerd cave sitting there chomping away doing gigabytes and freaking binary code i see this fool dropping bows and i was like yes brother give it to him give it to him and i totally understand why i mean if i was in this game i would be doing the same cracking boards taking a beer and slashing it freaking onto my own tires or something you fly halfway across the world and you lose in the third heat like yeah and that cannot be a good feeling it's got to be frustrating so meltdown island we sympathize empathize maybe not empathize we've never been there but we feel for you dogs yeah i mean i'll take a guy who gives a shit over a guy who's got more talent and doesn't give a shit any day i think that's slater's got all the talent in the world but i think that's why we we do love slater so much because he gives so many shits. Mm. 100%. Speaking of so many shits, Slater's my nomination for Meltdown Island. <laughs> <laughs> that, that heat versus Griffin Colapinto, he's back at it again with his childish <laughs> antics. What did he do? He had a .93, caught one wave for 30 minutes, <laughs> and then he caught one other wave the rest of the time. He was just in complete protest of the waves, of nature, of Griffin, of the contest. He had that. I mean, it's it's a classic Slater meltdown, but it's not, it's not like he just would refuse to surf more. Hmm. That's what it felt like. Did you guys do you remember that? that I don't he, recall that, but it was like a silent meltdown almost. He didn't he didn't catch a wave for 30 minutes and yeah. he just had a 0.93. It was like Griffin's final score, which was like a 10 something or 11. Uh, and he just had a 0.93 up there until about 10 minutes to go. And then oh. he then he caught one little little dipper skipper uh, out there <laughs> surfing too small of a board still, uh, but <laughs> he's back that's at my, it. That's that's my nomination. I think he's king of my meltdown island, and I think he will stay there for me. <laughs> Number two in the world though, like Slate Dog. He's wow. That's that's his style, man. He can melt down and still be number two. Yeah. Oh God. Well, I loved watching that and drive through, um, any standouts from the event? I, uh, as you guys know, I worked it and I had a great time behind the scenes. It was nonstop from getting off the plane, seven days straight of work for the broadcast also worked on the lineup at night. So I was just freaking hammering away. I think by the end, that's why at the after party, I was like, I'm so 
Geyer. But um, working the event was great to be in the mix with everybody. Had some amazing meals with the homies. A couple of the commentator dogs. We had a great lunch. Those guys are classic in form. Freaking shout out. We had Pete Mel back on the stage. Um, we were. I was in the mix with Stride Dog, Joe, Kaipo, all the boys. Such a good time. Eating fantastic food at Tashka de Joao. If you're listening, muita obrigado. That was farking delicious. But um, as far as the event goes, I remember day two when the waves really started cranking. Day one was, yeah, day two, everyone on the broadcast is like, it's firing, it's firing, it's firing. Everyone came in the nerd cave and said, it's firing. And I'm like, I'm not so sure if it's firing. Are you guys serious? Are you sure? And then it wasn't until heat 11 where Nat Young got that nine. And I was like, okay, it's firing. We're going to see some Todd Brawls today. And uh, that day to me really stood out with like some really good highlights and barrels from that day. What do you think of the comp overall? Any standouts for you, Taylor? I actually was just caught on something you said that I want to learn a little bit more about is what is a WSL after party like, especially in a foreign country? Like is everybody there? Is the sound crew and the guy who lost in the uh, elimination round or is it kind of like, a winner's party like what what's the vibe there what what goes on can you tell us a little bit more yeah interesting you should say it all kind of depends um on who won a lot of times the location you know so imagine somebody wins in hawaii somebody wins who rides for volcom the volcom house is gonna have a huge party in portugal we are all staying at separate hotels so when griffin ended up winning rumor was he had a rager at his mansion airbnb that he was renting out um i didn't go but the mm. one on site was cool they had a dj there was the sound guy was there there were <laughs> you know people from the nerd cave a couple surfers in the mix here and there there have kind of been events in years past where you know the boys had a couple of drinks and we would maybe go see homies like kyle and be like dragon slayer yeah brah uh but uh this year was a you know a little different with everything going on in the world it was a little bit more chill sauce than the years past where we were spraying beers. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but some people were spraying beers on people and a certain world champ. I don't even know if he showed up to his own after party and we were having dance off. Yeah. In the past, it has been a lot of fun. The DJs are usually really good. And one of the guys out there who freaking runs it is just an absolute Lord. He's got all the connections. So the music scene out there was fantastic. And I was very pleased with the house music going down. You didn't do any twisties myself, but uh, had a good time. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think it. my one thing as I was watching, I was just thinking like, if you don't have an air game in 2022, as Hendo would say, you're kind of farked. Mm. Right. That's that's like my big takeaway. That's what happened to Connor Coffin too, right? In the he put up a five. I think mm. he had a good contest, but he put up a five and he, he, he almost pulled an air though. Uh, I forget who he came up against. I always oh, Felipe. Mm. Um, yeah. I think that backside little. Yeah. Where he first came off and he almost stuck it. I mean, he, I feel like he can, he can go to the air. I mean, he's had a good contest though. So yeah. no qualms there, but. Well, I mean, to your point, as we saw the first 10 of the year was a huge backside air reverse by Griffin. That's the first yeah. 10. Yeah. There were no tens at pipe for barrels. There were no tens at sunset for turns. Really? The first 10 of the year was a backside or reverse by Griffin Kalapizla. And Nat's nine was like that backside barrel. And then he came off in that big swooping turn. I right? think it was the front side barrel was Nat's oh, front nine. side. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you know what? Griffin actually pulled a bigger air the night before he did that. And he posted on his Instagram, hey, did anybody get the shot? One of our filmers kind of got it. Um, but you could see it on the Surfline cam. And this thing was freaking massive. He got twice as high as the one he did in the event and like landed perfectly. It was insane. So for him to get a 10 for that, yeah. I thought it was I thought it was pretty valid. It was a perfect 10. And so that means every five judge gave him a 10. There was no discrepancy. Wow across the board yeah he was sitting at he was sitting at 27th before so that is below the mid-year cut and he got bumped up all the way to seventh so i think that's interesting to have that mid-year cut um i think you can debate whether it's good for pro surfing either way but taking it all the way back to meltdown island like if you get a 17th and you're around that mid-year cut it's uh i think all those people can be lumped in and forming a tribe on meltdown island yeah, mm. 17th no longer like as solid of a result as it was 
you know, years ago. Yeah. Especially in the front half of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to ask you guys something about that later once we get to that meteor cut. Yeah. But Chad, did you have any good takeaways from the event? Uh, from, you know, men or women's side, like I was loving Tati. She was farking ripping, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got a let down lane candidate. Mm. He okay. just took a, a left down, let down <laughs> lane. And that, new... that was Matthew McGilvery. Oh. You know, freaking elimination round, 33rd place. McGillicuddy, I mean, let down lane, just like stubbed his toe, did a, I mean, he had a great sunset, 17th at pipe, but yeah, that's my let down lane fella. And then my <laughs> surprising side saddle uh, candidate <laughs> is Jackson Baker. I mm. mean, he, he was the top scorer of all the rookies uh, at Portugal. And I just kind of like this guy's demeanor. I like the way he surfs. Uh, he just seems so happy to be there, but he also just, uh, takes unique lines and finds little rides waves in a cool way. I mean, he's a, he's a rookie. He could, he's in the running for rookie of the year right now. Maybe let's see. Or Jow. I mean, he's the leading. No, it's probably Jake Marshall, to be honest. Right. At this point, Jake Mar is he the highest ranked rookie? I don't, do they do it based upon the highest ranked or the just best overall not performance? I think it's highest ranked. Do they hmm. still even do it? Do they give a rookie of the year? I think so. There was supposed to be a WSL Awards this year in January, but I didn't get the invite. I don't know if it went down. And Jackson Baker is fairly old for a rookie. I think he's like 25 or something like that. Even better. Yeah, I like the mustache too. Yeah. yeah. Like the Mo Bros. So those were the standouts. Uh, once again, congrats to Griffin Calapinto and Tatiana Weston-Webb. Um, what a ledge her and her crew. Jesse, her husband, Jesse Mendez, such a ledge dog, and her filmer, Greg Browning. What a lord. If you guys haven't checked out Drive Through, it's back. It's on Stab, and it has been fantastic. Benji Ooh. is a freaking lord. Donovan <laughs> is hilarious. They got Griffin in the mix. Dane's in there. They got Eric Geiselman. Wow, what a crew. So that were the standouts. That was Meltdown Island. If you guys have any meltdowns, send them to us on Instagram at the Frothcast. And now I want to talk a little bit about that cut line. So new to this year, on tour is the mid-season cut. We haven't seen this since the likes of Bobby Martinez painting the streets of New York red with the ASP's blood where he said, Gunther, play it. Because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. All these pro servers want to be tennis players and want to do a halfway cutoff. How the fuck is somebody who's not even competing against our caliber servers ahead of 100 of us on the, on the one world ratings? Thank you. And despite losing that year in 2011, I found it tough to actually lose Tanner Gudauskas the year prior in 2010. He was also a victim of this mid-year cut. He was one of my favorite goofy footers of all time. The guy does the sickest club sandwich, Miller flips, whatever you want to call it. The guy makes the tour. Finally, I've been watching him like all throughout the QS forever, makes it, then doesn't make the mid-year cut and gets the boot. Flash forward to 10 years later, and he retires from competition. So I like the idea of narrowing down the field with this mid-year cut, which makes watching and working these events a lot easier and more streamlined. However, I am scared that it could boot potentially great surfers who fail to hit their stride in these early events and don't make that cut. So we kind of talked about that. If you're not stepping up your game in these first five events, you're done. And like, let's hope you re-qualify down the line, but it's hard to see these people fall off. What do you guys think about the mid-year cut? Chad, what are your initial thoughts? So just to be quite blunt, I'm not a fan of it. I don't mm. think it's, I, I, I don't like it. I think if you qualify, uh, you should be given a full year to get in a groove and kind of, you know, go through it and figure out like, cause some guys, I mean, some guys start off hot and some guys don't finish very strong, mm. but a lot of do, will do the exact opposite. What I think they should do, and I think I've made this point before, is I think they should cut down the number of people on the tour if that's what they're concerned about, uh, you know, narrowing the playing field at this midway point. Why not just have a set number at the beginning of the year? Let them run through it. I mean, I think I really think that like a Formula One type setup would work really well with the WSL where you have it doesn't have to be just 20 uh, surfers, but like you could also have a team aspect. So like each team, you get 10 to 15 different teams or 10 different teams 
two surfers each and it could go like, okay, this is the, vo the Volcom surfers. This is, hmm. the, you know, Billabong, whatever you go through. You're also competing for a team cup and, but you're also for that individual honors as well. So I think the formula one could be adapted and kind of like tweaked a little bit to fit this like dream tour. You're going back to like a real dream tour style and as it should be, but I don't think you should be cutting people midway. Cause it just makes it weird for the next year. They're having to surf all these other extra events. I mean, there's been, it's convoluted and it's unnecessarily confusing right now, but I don't know. That's just my, that's my, that's my take on that. I'll play devil's advocate and say that I like it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's perfect, but the number one complaint and, and Chad said this is that there's just way too many surfers on tour and it's hard to, uh, to really care about those first couple, especially non-elimination rounds. Uh, that's why I made up the survival league to kind of put some action in those first couple rounds. So I think it makes the first five events just insanely crucial. Uh, so I, I, I like it, even though I think that you do run the risk of having some really good surfers fall off. Like if it was uh, after three events right now, we would lose Steph Gilmore. Mm. We would lose Betty Lou. We would lose Courtney Conalog. We would lose Sally Fitzgibbons. So like that would be, that's a huge loss. Um, and on, on the men's side, we would lose, uh, Owen Wright, your boy, Jackson Baker, Sidlick, Arkel, Fioravanti, Owen, Owen Wright. Wright. You said it like part of me, actually more of me likes it though. Cause I want to see, Italo versus Griffin Colapinto in pumping waves and Slater versus, uh, I don't know, John, John, like earlier and in better waves than maybe uh, around a 32 matchup in okay conditions. Right. So two things come to mind when that happens is like, so now that they've already, once they make the cut, they've already requalified for the following year. So when you do see those battles happening, they're battling for that top five spot. Of course they want to get a world title, but there could be some people who are like, you know, I got nothing to lose. I already qualified. Like if I don't make this heat cool, no worries. The stakes aren't as high. Um, but on the other end, if you look at the Challenger series, the way that's set up this year, the events are actually pretty sick. As soon as it ends, they go straight to Snapper Rocks. My question is, if you don't qualify for the CT and then you're back on the Challenger, do you think all the prize money you got on the CT is enough to circumvent going back on the Challenger? Because you got to continue to travel to re-qualify for the following year. So it's like quite an investment. Yeah. I mean, I've made this point before. The Challenger series should be, it should level up. You know, we should be going to better destinations. We should be broadcasting that in a bigger way. And then this dream tour should be like at like 20 best guys, 10 teams, 20 guys, top 20 surfers. And it's swell based to where if there's a swell, you pack your bags, you hit it, you run a contest in like two days. And that's like the, you know, it's like speed racer style, dude, or like, you know, Formula One, you like start getting people betting on teams like the Volcom team versus the Oakley team or whatever. I know there's a, it's, there's a lot of details to work out, but then the Challenger series would then take the place. Like the Challenger series should be given more press in media and it should be surfing better waves in my opinion. I think that you earn it. Like, I think like there's, I, I like Spanish soccer mm -hmm. and there's a, the Primera division which is the top 20 teams and then there's the if you don't if you're in the bottom three of that primera vision uh league you get relegated to the the segunda division and the top two in that segunda division automatically qualify and then there's a play-in game to uh for that uh spot to go into the primera uh, for that third spot. And it's just so high stakes. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I love that aspect of it. I do too. So I, I think like it's maybe it's not a hundred percent perfect, but I kind of like just more competition earlier. I do too. I do like that part of it. Um, and it does, it makes those earlier rounds and it's like you, it starts the year off. Like you really have to be on your game. And if you're not, I mean, there should be a punishment. If you don't surf well, something happens. Outskis, late skis. You're outskis. Well, I am looking forward to them going to Snapper. That'll be cool. Hasegor is in the mix. Piha, you got Haleiva. They go back to Hawaii. So there are some events. Eddie Sera, 
They are definitely trying to lift these events with the Challenger Series. Bolito mm. is on there, and then you've got U.S. Open Huntington Beach, which can get farked. But everything else, like, I would love to see some of these guys and girls surfing at Snapper. That was a huge, like, thing I missed this year. And every time this year I went out to Portugal, people were like, what's going on with France? And I'm like, oh, it's on the Challenger now. So maybe yeah. that will get more attention. Hasegore itself is such a cool surf town. The waves are very exciting to watch. So I think the idea is if these events don't overlap at the same time, I'll be just as invested as a fan, as a viewer, to be watching these events at Snapper and at Hasegore and Piha because I've never seen it before. I want to see, especially if guys like Owen Wright and... Leo and Joao and all these guys are falling off. And then Steph Dog is freaking on the CS. Like, I don't know. That just part of that also makes me nervous too. It's like if these people fall off, if I hope they come back, you know? Yeah. And I think they did, I think they kind of did fix in a way the the qualifying series where they're doing it regionally now. So that I mean, that really saves money, I would say. I don't, I'm not an expert on the travel and logistics and things like that, but to have it like North America, South America, Europe, like that, those guys, uh, I'm sure are saving money to hopefully go into the challenger series. And it makes it just a little bit easier to watch. Like I used to get so confused when it was like QS 10,000 versus QS 1000 and somebody won an event, maybe a whatever, how many stars, but it didn't really mean much. So I think that, um, I, I kind of like this and I think they'll iron out the kinks. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I think about that. Cool. Well, guys, thank you for all of your fantasy froth. Uh, we will do another episode leading up to Bell's Beach where we'll talk about the history, maybe the dynamics, maybe uh, the best place to get a flat white, maybe the best bar in Melbourne to go and get some freaking pizza margaritas and disco chat sauce. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, dog? Oh yeah, I did. I've surfed. I've surfed uh, bells during the contest. I had a golden mic. I interviewed uh, Barton Lynch. I saw Strides. I saw Kaipo. <laughs> yeah. I was out there with uh, Kanoa back when he was just a young pup surfing on the tour. And I said, "What up, little Budla? What's up, little Budla?" <laughs> Lo and behold, years later, he's the he's the reason I'm surviving. Wow! Look at this, full circle. It's like, <laughs> where is that guy? Got to give him a hug. Hey, Dog, if you're listening, congrats on the wedding. I hope your wife knows she got a player for life, and that's no bullshitting. I mean, uh, congrats on number one and uh, <laughs> for surviving. Thank you for that. We will see you all at Bells. We will see you at Laser Pig Melbourne. I'm going to miss the Melbourne Comedy Fest, uh, but you know what? We'll be there in spirit. We'll be watching. But to end this episode, we've got a new spicy treat for you. We thought we would maybe spice things up a little bit with some tunes and Taylor Sauce is going to kick off this new segment called Song Sauce and uh, we're just going to let it rip. You've got some exciting news. What do you got, dog? Yeah, so I just wanted to highlight uh, a song that really made an impact on me in a movie that made an impact on me called Loose Change. It came out October 23rd in 2001, a freaking strange time in the world. And I feel like it just lifted everybody's spirits with Rob Machado and his Scooby-Doo mullet, uh, riding that little beach cruiser with the Rolling Stone shirt and Rizal. No, Rizal, as the, you can get the uh, the fake IDs from the mall or you get the real thing from Rizal. Uh, oh, mess with the ball, you get the horn. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I just, Taylor Steele, obviously a San Diego legend, and he always pumped up San Diego music. So for this week's and this episode's song sauce, I chose Pivot, uh, a band from San Diego, their song Cyber Christ. So I uh, DM'd the singer, Chris Moore, and mm. asked him a couple questions about this song, which we'll play in a minute. Gunther? <laughs> yeah, Gunther. We'll cue it up. Get it ready. I asked him how that came about, and he basically said he's known Taylor Steele for 25 years. He's one of his good friends. He loves Pivot music and supports the local bands big time. We've been lucky enough to be on four or five of Taylor's movies. The tours were absolutely wild. I had no clue that it was going to be used for Slater's end part. And he wanted to kind of match. Taylor Steele asked for a song that kind of matched the Rocky Like a Hurricane song that was playing in the car as he was driving through and ordering food for his girlfriend. I love that song. 
this song is so boss. Here um, I am. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of, if you listen to it, it's pretty good sound editing where they go from that Rocky Like a Hurricane Scorpion into Cyber Christ. And I ask him about this trippy little bleep, like little keyboard bleep right before the second verse. Gunther. There you go. Um, and he just basically said that they threw in a little trippy keyboard sound. There wasn't too big of a story, but they're actually playing in San Diego at the belly up um, on April. What is it? April 8th. 8th. Yeah. April 8th on Friday. Yeah. So I encourage all the Frothcast fam to go out there, support some live music. They said uh, they're going to be playing some of their songs, acoustic, probably three or four songs, but otherwise they're going electronic bangers. Um, they're also going to work on some new music here soon. So wow! before you take it away, any pivot stories or how that blues change made an impact on you? Yes. Real quick, Chad and I will be there at the belly up. We're going to be yes, at the sir. show. And this will not be my first time as an old man seeing pivot. I grew up <laughs> going to Soma and going to Canes and Mission Beach seeing pivot. I've probably seen them a few times less than Unwritten Law. And I've seen Unwritten Law like seriously probably 30 times. So I've seen pivot probably 27. Saw them at a reunion tour about 10 years ago. And that would have been when I was like 27 or some shit walking around still pitting and all of my friends wives at the moment were like what are you guys doing what is this mosh pitting i'm like this is life this is what we grew up on you fall down we'll pick you back up every time you go to a show and i miss the shit out of that so i'm ready to do that again at 37 knock my farkin glasses on the ground and i'm fired up now fuck you what do you want from me what do you want from me chad I, what do you think I about hope, i hope my back can take it that's all i gotta say well i will be there and uh the best pit that i've ever been in or at least one of the most memorable was uh, memorable was Volcom Warehouse, Costa Mesa Taylor, ASG oh, yeah. open for Pennywise. We went Goods freaking before that. We wow, went freaking ham! I know that much. Uh, <laughs> I could couldn't do it. Yeah, it was a Bruce movie. That's right. But I'm I'll, I'll be there. I'm in, Hendo. Whatever you whatever you want, I'll follow you. I'll follow you, my fearless leader. Awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the best part, the best line that Slater delivers is when he pulls up and he tries to pay, pay for the burgers and he goes, do you guys still take checks? And they fucking do. Do you think that was a nod to Tom Curran? Cause he like that one time when someone got in his car and he just had a $10,000 check sitting around, he's like, you're going to cash that. He's like, Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Also Slater's part in that he's surfing. He's having oh. so much fun. He's wow. surfing so loosey goosey and just, yeah. He's on the right board that uh, it's longer, slimmer, but he's just doing these flippity rippity airs yeah. off. He's doing, <laughs> he's just having a good old splash around is what it really comes down to. He looks like a seal out there, just barking <laughs> around in, in the whites. In That's the white the Slater watch. we love. Chad, before uh, Gunther plays us out here, I'm going to nominate yeah. you. I'm going to nominate you for the next song. You got to bring us the next song next uh for the bells contest i need it from a, a deep track from a soundtrack Ooh, the song sauce segment i'm gonna bring the banger baby <laughs> all right this has been another fantastic episode of the Frothcast. you survival legends thank you guys so much for coming and gunther play us out with cyber christ by pivot let's go Cheers.
Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you later.